This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does whether or not a product is made in Minnesota matter to you? This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And Bradley, why are we asking this question? Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Because there's a, a local story in the Star Tribune today. Minnesota based Izzy's ice cream is now being made in. Wisconsin! They're neighbors. Izzy's takes production to Wisconsin and push to become regional brand. And um, when I saw this article, I thought to myself, what do I care if Izzy's is made here or not? And then I was like, well... Then I read the article, and I will tell you, generally speaking, I don't know that I would necessarily have a strong opinion one way or the other, but I will say I did get kind of bummed out when I thought, well... Izzy's isn't going to be made in Minnesota anymore. So that kind of takes away that special feeling you have when you go to a place mm-hmm. that seems like a local something special. Yeah. Right. Like think of all the places like I think of places like Grand Old Creamery or I think of, you know, Sebastian Joe's or any of a number, obviously, of local uh, hometown businesses mm-hmm. that have sort of made a name for themselves locally. Um, so I started to get kind of bummed out as I read this story and I was like, that's interesting. Why am I feeling that way? And I wondered if other people sort of felt the same way, um, or not at all. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't care at all where Izzy's is made and you're just going to enjoy the ice cream. Certainly from a practical standpoint, if you like the ice cream, you don't probably care where it's made. But I do think with brands in particular, you know, for us, I think Izzy's represents something Minnesotan. Right. 651-641-1071. Does a product being made in Minnesota matter to you? I will tell you, I, you know, I probably would have given this a passing glance and moved on. But when you started to talk about it, um, the part that I connected to was the place where you started to feel bummed about a product that has been traditionally made in Minnesota moving to be made elsewhere so that it can become a bigger brand, yeah. right? Presumably because it's there's a cost-saving mechanism in place there. They would say, and in the story itself, they said it's because the the size of the production facility that they needed did not exist in the state of Minnesota. Okay, so all of that is very fair, and those are business choices that people make. But when I was thinking about how you said you felt bummed, I connected to the fact that that's part of, I don't know that every state is like this, but Minnesotans, we are like so proud of our hometown. We're so proud of products that we think are kind of like our little secret because we kind of think our state is our little secret. And then we have this allegiance thing where when something decides to move away from us, mm-hmm. We take it very personally. Yeah. And that means a product. That means a person. That means 
any time where we feel like we're now being denied, it will lead to that. And I'm guessing there's going to be a little PR struggle um, where Izzy's is concerned, especially. But any brand that makes that choice, there's going to be kind of a PR bump to get over because your people want you here. And, and I think there, there absolutely has been um, in this article in the Star Tribune. They talk about how some local retailers have alerted customers like beginning on this date. Just know that Izzy's is no longer going to be made in Minnesota. And so therefore, you know, uh, because they want their consumers to know, like yeah. you've come to expect that Izzy's is a local brand. Look, they're making an argument. And the argument is, I mean, and again, bully for them. And you said it like they're making a business decision to do this. But I think for us who've enjoyed Izzy's and gotten it to the point where they feel like they could take it somewhere else because we've been such fans of it, we feel like, okay, so you, what made you special here can't make you even more special here. Yeah. So you have to go somewhere else. Fundamentally, who cares, right? Right. Companies do this all the time. Absolutely. But I do, I, I do go back to the feeling I had as I was just mulling it over in my head. I was like, well, guess what? I probably would make a decision now. I mean, if I were thinking about what are my favorite local ice cream places, I'm probably going to have maybe, no pun intended, somewhat of a bad taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. about Izzy's um, just because I think, well, I can go over here and support a company that's local. Now, they would say that their business is still local. There's still scoop shops that are local and they're employing business. All that stuff, again, it's up to you to decide. I'm just saying... I was surprised by the actual emotional feeling I had um, when I read this story in a way that I wouldn't rationally think I otherwise would. Well, and I mean, it certainly isn't the first time you've probably had that feeling. There have there again, I go back to any time Minnesota feels like we've lost something Mm -hmm. that, you know, had bigger designs for itself and went away. We've always had that feeling of like, oh man, like we take it personally a little bit. It's well, it's a pride of place. Yeah, exactly. Beth is on the line. Uh, Beth, Beth, uh, does where do you connect with this? Well, here's the thing. I kind of straddle the border. I live in Wisconsin and I work in Minnesota. So do you guys know if Izzy's, like, did they just move to Hudson for like tax purposes? Or did they move to like Milwaukee? So I will tell you what we're talking about here is the production facility that's going to make their ice cream available now for a retail market. And they've had to make a number of changes. And the facility in Wisconsin is actually in Madison. Um, And so that's where your ice cream will be made in Madison, Wisconsin. And I don't know. I don't know if tax implications were a part of that decision. It certainly is probably one of the many things that a business looks at when they're deciding where to do it. But at least insofar as that article in the Star Tribune is concerned, it sounded like they felt that was the closest place that they could do the scale that they needed to. So it's probably a distribution thing, too. Probably pretty complicated, actually. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for your call, Beth. Um, You know, and it's interesting, too, because I I will say, like, the thing that that sort of eases any sadness about that is the fact that, for some reason, and I'm a nerd about this, I'm like, well, thankfully, they're going to Wisconsin and not, like, um, I don't know, California. Or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's another thing that Minnesotans are really... I mean, we if you're going to go, stay at least a little bit close. Because that tells us you still value us, you know? We have such a bizarre mindset in Minnesota that I don't... 
I have friends that live in other states that think we're so bizarre for it. Well, I do, though, think that that pride of place thing, um, ha- you know, that is something I think people all over can relate to. I think of, in, in fact, ice cream, where ice cream is concerned, Bluebell ice cream is available, you know, comes from Texas. It's mm-hmm. a Texas thing. And when I lived in Texas, Bluebell ice cream was a you know, we were proud of Bluebell ice cream. Why? I don't know. That's just what we were, right? Mm-hmm. And if you decided all of a sudden someday that, you know, they're going to make Bluebell ice cream in New York City or that's going to be where they move their manufacturing to, people in Texas would be up in arms about it. You know, you just, mm-hmm. it's again, I think more of the idea, the relationship you have it with the brand yeah, than like the truth. Because the truth is, ultimately, it's ice cream. Right. And if it tastes good, you're going to eat it. Right. But I do think there's something to be said for when a small business um, gets its name here. Right. You attach certain feelings. Well, to you that. feel responsible yeah. for it. And Minnesotans, if there's one thing we don't like, insiders coming or we don't like outsiders coming in, and we're not too well. Fond and it's of, Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Like we're looking a little. We don't like outsiders coming in, and we don't like our insiders going out. Yeah. And that's just who we are. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, okay, so I'm not going to give any spoilers. Don't worry about it. But today, the finale, the season finale of The Handmaid's Tale dropped. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And I watched it already. I got up early so I could watch the season finale of The Handmaid's Tale. I'm very tired because I watched it first thing this morning. However, I did have some thoughts about what this... TV show has done and how it portrays women in such an interesting and unique way. I want to talk about it after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk 1071 season finale of the Hulu series, the handmaid's tale dropped today. Uh, and I've already watched it. No spoilers. No spoiler alert needed. Cause I'm not going to tell you what happens. I am aware that I was an early Viewer, this is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Um, but but what what a point that is sort of mm, crystallizes, I should say, in this uh or at least did for me in this season's finale of The Handmaid's Tale, uh, is one that they've been slowly building up to, just generally speaking, with this show since it since it started airing and mm-hmm. it has like captivated people for a number of reasons. I think people connect to this show in different ways for many different reasons, but one of the poignant moments for me or one of the poignant sort of awarenesses that I had this season was just what they are doing to show how women can band together and support each other and make change happen. And this is to me, kind of a juxtaposition to how women are typically portrayed. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that, I think about series like The Real Housewives. No, oh, for sure. Where there is a vested interest on the part of the production for the women to be at odds with each other at all times. And what's the difference between those two shows in terms of the way they're made? I mean, one is a reality show, but and I'm putting that in loose quotes, it's a reality show with some trumped-up conflict. Well, I would also imagine it's a show, uh, the Real Housewives franchise, created by men. Yeah. Yes. Largely produced by men. Yes. And The Handmaid's Tale, juxtaposed, is a 
story written by a woman, Mm -hmm. Margaret Atwood, was the writer of the original book that the show is based on. And she stayed on to help consult and and write the uh, the following seasons after the first season and the book ran out. Yeah. Um, And uh, Elizabeth Moss, who is the main character in the show, also is a director, producer (laughs) woman. Yes. Um, But that that is. You know, the women are in this story, and this is not, no spoiler alert needed here. The women in this, in the story of The Handmaid's Tale are victims of a system that is set up for men to, to be in power and women to be subservient to them. Mm-hmm. And um, many crimes take place in the, in the, in the construction of this society. And it is the women who are rising up. And it shows just like a, there's just such a beautiful sort of togetherness and message of what women can do together that, again, is so harshly juxtaposed to the way that women are portrayed typically in TV shows. Yeah, it's I mean, they're luckily this is increasingly more and more the the reality, meaning there are more and more um, different examples. And I think it's in part because of all the money that's being spent on TV and there is like this dearth of talent. Uh, I sh- what I should say is there's a limited amount of talent. And so what that means is when you've got a lot of money, a lot of people trying to make a lot of TV shows, mm-hmm. um, you know, where it used to be this small group of men in control of the narrative and the story, because access to creating these things was limited to that small group of men. Now you have so many different people trying to produce really good television shows Mm -hmm. that it creates. So there's a scarcity. It creates an opportunity for voices to be heard that haven't been heard. And whether that's women, whether that's trans uh, individuals, whether that's LGBT voices, Mm -hmm. um, there really are opportunities now to tell stories by and for, um, you know, voices and people that we haven't to this point absolutely like scarcity breeds opportunity i guess is what i'm saying yeah absolutely and and you know listen um this show is by no means the only show that is doing this right now this just happens to be the one that i watched this morning that spoke so loudly about this but i know that you've watched shows that have sort of filled that well the one that i'm watching right now is discovery um star trek discovery it's the you know latest incarnation of um star trek it's on cbs all access and if you haven't watched it it's totally worth it i know you have to get cbs all access or find somebody who has it but i'm telling you it's so good and people are like oh it's so nerdy i'm like you don't have any idea how sort of contemporary and another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. How sort of envelope pushing e um, discovery is right now in terms of, again, the very type of thing you mentioned when it comes to women's voices. Like you see female characters who aren't um, there just to further men's narratives, meaning mm. they're not just there as a sex object yeah. or they're not just there to dis- uh, to throw a wrench into things. That's typically what, you know, female characters or, do or will be distracted by relationships. I mean, that is yeah. one of the other narratives that always happens is that the woman just gets distracted Ugh. by all the relationships. In fact, one of the, one of the biggest, like, you know, drama filled relationships happening in this series is between two men, you know, two gay men. Um, and that's again, I think an, a space that women would normally hold in terms of like, being fraught with their relationship dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because what that mean, what you just said made me think of, do you remember when, oh, what is, okay. Uh, Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, a few good men. Thank you. When a few good men came out, one of the biggest, I don't want to say selling points, but definitely conversation elements about that, sh- that about that movie yeah. was people talking about how, there was no romantic relationship between Demi Moore, Demi Moore's character and any of the men in the movie. Yeah, which is in fact, of. there was no sexual relationship at all, period. That Demi Moore's character being a woman was just a woman doing a job. And that was notable. Mm-hmm. And what year was that? 1990? Like 1990. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like... And now in 2019, I think, my gosh, that was like, we talked about that at length as though it was something new and different and exciting Yeah, that a woman could, oh my gosh, be in a movie and not be the object of a sexual. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. But in any case, it is exciting and it's an exciting time for television and it's an exciting time um, to have voices, as you said, Bradley, reflected in the media that we have available to us. So lots of good stuff out there. And, you know, if you haven't started watching Handmaid's Tale, you better hurry up and catch up. When we come back, we've got some celebrities behaving badly on My Talk 107. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. We have a name for those celebrities, and that name is... Dark. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. There is so much debaggery going on. I don't even know where to begin, but it's all about this story regarding our good friend Don to the Lemon. You know CNN's Don Lemon, right? Yes. He's kind of like, I just think he's... 
like CNN hosts are just fascinating because they kind of walk this line between like journalism and slash reality TV yeah. star. You know, you think of Anderson Cooper, right? right. He's a larger than life um, news person. I would include Don Lemon in that. He's sort of like a uh, like a Anderson. Well, he's like that kind of a figure, maybe not as yeah. um, well known or popular. Anyway, here's the headline. And I just had to read more. Don Lemon sued by Hampton's bartender for alleged assault. I'm like, whoa, it's the Me Too era. I need to understand, is Don Lemon a creeper? Yeah, what's, going what's he on? grabbing? So there's a new lawsuit filed by a guy from um, the Hamptons, a bartender named Dustin Heiss. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. It doesn't matter to you. Anyway, he said that they were hanging out at a bar, drinking. Uh, well, actually, he was working. And then when he got off of work, him and his co-workers... Wait for that. Him and his, uh, his co-workers and him um, decide to go to another bar and have more cocktails. And it is there at Murph's Backstreet Tavern in Sag Harbor where uh, Mr. Heist told um, the New York Post, quote, I see out of the corner of my eye. It's Don Lemon. Wow. It's Don Lemon. Look at that. There he is. I had had two beers, maybe three at most. I say, hey, Don. Let me buy you a drink. Do you know what kind of drink he buys, Don? What? A lemon drop. Okay. (laughs) I bet he never has had that happen. Don was sitting with two or three. I I thought the same thing. When does the assault happen? Just wait. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. You got to get drunk first. Oh, okay. I'm not making fun of assault. This story, though, trust me. Go with me. Quote, Don was sitting with two or three other people, and he looks at me and goes, I'm just trying to have a good time, man. And I said, oh, Okay. Sorry. Because okay. apparently Don didn't want his lemon drops. Yeah, I mean, I'm, again, I'm sure that Don Lemon has a lot of people buying him lemon drops. Um, Mr. Heiss goes on to say, quote, I absolutely wasn't hitting on him whatsoever. I mean, okay. Lemon is gay. Mr. Heiss is uh, not. Okay. Uh, he goes on to allege in his complaint that about five or ten minutes later, after he tries to buy them the lemon drop... Don gets up, walks around the bar, comes right up to me. Now, I apologize for those of you who listen or are listening with taste uh-huh. or class or small children. Uh-huh. Puts his hands down his board shorts, rubs himself aggressively, his schweenus and whatever else is down there. Then shoves, and I'm, I'm not going to go into this, but uh-huh. basically takes his index and middle fingers... <laughs> Um, puts them in Mr. Heiss's face. No, okay, um, first of all, um, the face, the facial expression I've given you is one of shock. Stop! Okay, can you imagine Don Lemon executing that move? And then he goes on to say, just wait for it. Oh, geez. And this is Mr. Heiss again telling the New York Post what happened. And he goes... Do you like bleep or bleep? Now, the bleep or bleep is, let's say, like two sides of a coin. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you like the head yeah. or the tail? Okay. Of a coin. You yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. coins have heads or tails, yeah. right? He's of like, heads. do you like heads or tails? Heads or tails? Heads or tails? Three or four times. I'm like, whoa, man, what the heck? 
He said he was so traumatized that he flees the bar, comes back a couple minutes later to find Don Lemon gone. He goes on. This story is just like, it is so like bizarre. And look, I'm not trying to demean, because, you know, the first thing I read is like, well, I want to think this is crap, but right. this is a person saying they've been sexually assaulted. Right. That's what that would amount and to. And we want to listen. And we listen in this day and age. But it turned out very quickly, I was like, well, my God, what is Don Lemon saying? Right. And I feel like he's going to be in hot water until... You know, this is resolved. Well, apparently, CNN... Especially if he had his hands down his board shorts and was doing what was alleged to be done. <laughs> and whatever else is down there. And whatever else I is down there. I don't know what else could be down there. Like, Truly shocking. Oh strawberry short. Don Lemon was... Oh. oh. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, CNN responded saying the plaintiff in the lawsuit has previously displayed a pattern of contempt for CNN on his social media accounts. This claim follows his unsuccessful threats and demands for an exorbitant amount of money. Don categorically denies this claim. Well, it turns out this heist guy apparently has made a name for himself. And in fact, if you go all over the Internet, um, there are several places that have sort of laid out his um, trolling behavior on social media. Uh And so I think... You know, like, that's why I said the D-bags are kind of all over in the story. Because on the one hand, I want to believe this story. Because the way he tells that story just sounds totally ludicrous. It's incredibly Don theatrical. Don is at a bar with his husband, and he, you know, does this. Again, who knows? The, what I know is, if Don Lemon does this type of thing, this is not the first time. And there will be other people that will come forward. Yes. But at the end of the day... When you look at this Dustin Heiss character, it seems pretty clear, at least the internet seems to agree, that he is a person of a suspect nature who likes to get attention um, for things that don't make CNN look good. Right. Right? He's got a particular axe to grind. Yeah, that he's engaged in troll behavior. And I don't know, ultimately, but I just know that when I read this story, I thought, I don't know what's going on here. I do want to see this lifetime... Don't you want to watch this exchange actually happen? Well, that's other thing. You would imagine that if this indeed happened (laughs) happened in this way, yeah, somebody had to have been there that saw that. You don't. That is not a behavior you look away from. (laughs) You know. No. In fact, that's one that you. I yes. I would have grabbed my phone and started running, rolling tape on that. Yeah. Because that's you don't see that every day. Truly shocking. Truly shocking. Uh, all right. So, Shocking. would you like to know who my D bag is? Yes, I would. Mommy shamers. Yay! Oh, yay! Gosh, people pipe down and let people take care of their own children. Okay. Mm-hmm. Specifically, once again, the mommy shamers have found their target in Jessica Simpson. Oh, so, Jessica Simpson has a four month old daughter named Birdie. And she posted a picture of adorable little birdie uh, with the following caption. This bird couldn't be more adorable. Hashtag blue eyes. And birdie is, oh, it's a close up of her sweet little face with like a pink headband and her pink little cute, I don't even know, romper situation. And she's buckled into a stroller with a, what is that? That's a five point harness. Okay. So that there's two different ways that you can be buckled into a stroller. One is just with the waistband, but that's typically for older kids. A four month old still is using the five month or the five point harness. So they don't just flop over. Right. But this child is in a stroller with the five point harness and other mothers cannot help themselves. One mother said, 
straps on this car seat do not provide correct support. Oh, my God. That hard buckle should be on her sternum instead of her belly to be optimally effective and to not cause more harm if a car accident would happen. God forbid. Woman. Uh, then another person, because I also love social media, self-correct. Yep. Oh, yeah. This is the thing about social media. Right. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. It'll do itself. Yeah. Jessica Simpson just could sit back, put her feet up and watch the comments roll in because then another person said, well, maybe you should look again and see that it's a stroller instead of mom shaming. In any case, you know, this is the second time in so many weeks that Jessica Simpson has been trolled by the mommy shamers. The first time was for letting her daughter Maxwell Uh, dye her hair purple, which looked adorable on her. And the bottom line is this. Listen, I hate this because I've I've fallen victim to this before, where I've taken a picture that I wanted to share, and whether it was of my kids or my house, or like my house was in the background, or you could see something on the counter, like, like Cheetos or something, that like I wouldn't post it because you know that there's somebody out there who's going to be like, I can't believe you feed that trash to your family or Mm, something uh, like that. You're going to lose whether you... Do it or not, whatever. The point is this. Everybody just shut up. Like, just be (laughs) quiet. And if Here's you your don't daily lesson anything, from Colleen. Shut up! I just can't anymore, though. I'm so irritated with it. I am tired of it being headlines. I'm tired of people well, being that's, worried about it. I'm uh, tired of people it being a conversation. Okay, so yes, personal responsibility uh, aspect. Shut your mouth. Mind your own business. Thank Yay. you. But I do think that it is... Um, what's the word we're looking for? Um conflated uh inflated there's just a lot of inflation going on Mm -hmm. meaning i think the media is doing um well it's like it's a it gets clicks it's It's sort of clickbaity yeah it's not just news media it's social media it's just like everybody you because you see we talk about these stories all the time like so and so clapped back at the mommy shamers so and so clapped back at the clapbackers the clapbackers are clapping back at the clapbackers who clap back the mommy shaming. And everybody has the clap. <laughs> you might want to get that look. Back. Exactly. Clap on. Clap off. Clap on. Clap on. The clapper. But to your point, yes, everybody's hopping on. And you know what? Actually, but this... We- Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is, like, the like mom shaming, mommy wars, this has been a, a, a storyline that's been alive for as long as... You know, women have been making babies. Uh, I mean, it takes two to tango, blah, 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 whatever. Consult your health books. <laughs> My point is that, th- again, this goes back to that conversation we just had about The Handmaid's Tale, which is that it is a far more interesting story to tell, or at least we think it is, about women being at odds with each other than it is to tell a story of women being supportive. Yeah, you never see a story about somebody going, oh, my God. Well, except for Kelsey Grammer, who did that thing with the car seat. Which was totally unsafe, and people should have called him you out mean on it. Brought his baby to the Playboy Mansion. Well, there's that. <laughs> but also, don't you remember when they were driving around to the airport with the baby in the? That's right, in the cab, not in the car seat. Yeah, and everybody was like, "So occasionally those things happen, but for the most part, you don't see the media sort of 
focus. Right. Because it really is a matter of focus. It's a matter of degree. You don't see them. Because I'm sure there are idiots out there who complain about men doing things to their children or not. Right. Um, on any given day. It's just that the, you know, like Cosmo is not printing that story. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Post isn't telling that story. Hollywood Life is not sharing that. What they're focused on is what they think people want to hear, which is a bunch of women screaming at each other about, you know, their mommy uh habits yeah because that's all that women do right we just mom yeah when we come back on the colleen and bradley show we need to get the cobra gang together uh we got to figure out what's at the bottom of this chrisley doesn't know best story on my talk 1071 we've got to figure out what is going on in this Hollywood story on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, whenever we have to get to the bottom of something, we assemble the Cobra Gang. Whenever there's trouble, we'll down the double with the Cobra Gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time with the Cobra Gang. We've been doing so much Britney Spears stuff. I kind of now expect a little toxic at the end there, but Mm -hmm. not today because we're talking about... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Get this. Reality stars Todd and Julie Chrisley, stars of the show Chrisley Knows Best. And I will, I will confess, I don't know very much about the Chrisleys. I don't even really remember what, what a Chrisley is. I do know that I have opinions about. Anyway, um, unrelated. Mm-hmm. Today, we're talking about them on Cobra Gang because, get this, they were hit with a 12-count federal indictment yesterday, accusing them of tax evasion and fraud. And I can tell you that earlier um, in the show, I was on Twitter, and one of our friends who works at Entertainment Weekly... I think it's Entertainment Weekly. Anyway, um, said that they've now... They're headed towards... Uh, the uh, official place where you turn yourself in. So they're on their way to turn themselves in. Now, the reason we're talking about it in Cobra Gang, this 12-count federal indictment charging them of tax evasion and fraud, is because it's kind of, there's some fascinating twists and turns, and I don't quite understand what's going on here. It all started, actually, back on um, either Monday or Tuesday, Before this federal announcement came out, before the indictment came down, there was a post on Todd Chrisley's um, Instagram. Okay. And it says, um, it's it's just one, like it's words. And it says, quote, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, the whole thing. Essentially, it says, I've never talked about this publicly before. But there's been a cloud hanging over Julie and me, that's his wife, and our entire family for the past seven years. It all started back. So I'm like, sign me up. Yeah, I'm What's in. Going what on? is this? Starting back in 2012, um, we discovered that a trusted employee of ours had been stealing from us big time. I won't go into details, but it involved all kinds of really bad stuff like creating phony documents, forging signatures, 
threatening our employees with violence if they said anything. We even discovered he illegally bugged our home. Needless to say, we fired him, took him to court, and that's when the real trouble started. To get get revenge, he took a bunch of his phony documents to the U.S. Attorney's Office and told them we'd committed all kinds of financial crimes like tax evasion and bank fraud. That got their attention all right, but once we had a chance to explain who he was and what he'd done to us, they realized it was all a bunch of nonsense, and they sent him on his way. Well, it goes on, essentially, basically to say, well, that didn't happen. Anyway, he goes on to say that he's he wanted to tell everybody this now because he has nothing to hide. Um, they want to express their gratitude. This was all before the federal indictment came down. Like the day before? Yeah. And then... Uh, either the day before or, you know, in the hours. days leading up. Yeah, yeah. OK. In the time leading up. Then yesterday. Well, the Northern District of Georgia releases a press release. Federal grand jury indicts Chris Lino's best stars, Todd and Julie Chrisley. So then the other shoe drops. Right. So Todd Chrisley announces this scam. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Can you imagine? Like, I want to see that reality show right? where you hire someone and they're forging documents So now the federal government shows up and they're like, yeah, so actually a federal grand jury has indicted them on conspiracy, bank fraud, wire fraud, tax evasion, and their accountant has also been indicted on tax-related offenses. Um, They say they're charged not only with defrauding a number of banks by fraudulently obtaining millions of dollars in loans, but also with allegedly cheating taxpayers by actively evading paying federal taxes on the money they earned. Celebrities face the same justice as everyone else. And the thing goes on. So that's where we are today. Yeah. You've got them saying this was all just one bad apple who forged a bunch of documents. And then you have the federal government saying, um, nice try. You did all this stuff. I mean, I, I the thing that oh, the thing I find the piece that I find the most interesting is in the midst of that storyline about that employee that they hired who then did all this bad stuff. You know, he says, essentially, the guy reported them for tax evasion, fraud, yada, blah, blah, blah. And then they were, the authorities were like, oh no, we see through you on your merry way. Why would you say that part of it? Probably knowing full well that this all was going to, and like, yep. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. He does say, and I didn't read this part. He goes, so far, so good. After he explains, he thought it was fine. They, you know, explain oh, what okay. happened. It goes, so far, so good, except that our former employee, employee didn't give up. Somehow he persuaded a different set of investigators at the U.S. Attorney's Office to not only reopen the case, but also grant him immunity from prosecution for his own crimes in order to bring charges against us. As a result, it looks like later this week we'll be named in a federal indictment. Okay. So what what he's saying is this guy just turned state's evidence in order to like get out of his own hot water, and in the process is throwing us under the bus. Oh, so Whether they're you trying believe to him get or out not, in front of the story. Yeah. That is a bizarre. Like the whole story is bizarre. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, makes you just want to understand what's going, what's really going on, and who is this person that's creating things well and one of the i i don't know one of the first things i think about is whether or not this is true who knows and i'm sure time will tell and it does remind you like people do weird stuff around money people just get strange and so for example 
if it, this assistant or this person that they hired did all these things they said, like there's greed there. You got to be careful about who you trust, right? Yeah. If he didn't, and the Chrisleys really are guilty of all of this stuff by their own hand. Again, that there's like the greed piece of that. It makes people do strange things that go against their morals, no matter how you slice it. And it just is another reminder about like, how do you decide who's going to help you with managing your money? Yeah, I would imagine that's a very important question. I don't don't have enough money to worry about that question most of the time. With a few exceptions, um, I would like to have to think about it more. Well, and I think that the ultimate kind of lesson is you're going to end up being responsible. Well, that's the at the end of the day, regardless. That's where I hear my my parents in my head like you can get up to whatever you like to. But at the end of the day or involve whoever you want. But at the end of the day. You're responsible for things. So yeah, you're going to be the one that's responsible. Yeah, like for if it. somebody else screws up, then you're responsible. Well, too bad. So sad. So sad. Yeah, this is a bizarre story, yeah. and I'm sure we have not heard the end of it by any stretch. Does Does he ever name the person? Not in this particular okay. uh, this particular post. No. Well, I'm no doubt that person's name will be released at some point very soon and we'll know more about that person okay when we come back on the colleen and bradley show what is the best tv finale ever ever what tv finale totally hit all the closure points you needed it to six five one six four one one oh seven one on my talk one oh seven one